breath of God. And uh, uh, some of you uh, are thinking, Mark, we haven't covered the gifts. We haven't covered the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to get to those things eventually. Uh, but today I'm going to wrap up this particular area on the Holy Spirit. I wanted to give you a biblical framework on uh, God giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's as Brent spoke last week, he indwells each of us. And I want to take that one step uh, farther today for us as believers. And uh, I want to encourage you that uh, uh, God wants you to walk in obedience today. It's the best thing I can say. And so uh, I pray that God will work in your heart and life and speak to you today. Uh, but let me start out with this. A man was watching from a distance, and when he was looking from a distance, it looked like a guy was just pumping a water pump just up and down, up and down. And he's watching this guy, and uh, he goes a little bit closer, and he notices that this is not a real individual, but it's a, a cutout of a man, and it's got a hinge on his arm, and he's going up and down on that pump handle. But he gets even closer, and he notices that it's an artesian well. In other words, it's flowing all the time. And so it's not the, the cutout mannequin or man that's working the pump. It's the water working the man. And so what I want to share with you is, is that we, in our day, want to work up the religious energy, work, work up the excitement, work it up. We're going to do good works for you, God. We're going to do this for you. And I think God is saying, when are you going to stop and let me work through you? Our day, we are in desperate need of the Holy Spirit of God to work through us. I, I see things today that alarm me, uh, needless to say. I see Christian marriages and families falling away at an alarming pace. I see longtime followers of Jesus decide their faith is wrong. And so this is the catch word today. They want to deconstruct their faith. I see uh, seasoned pastors and church leaders getting caught up in adulterous affairs and discredit the gospel. I see Christians divided over secondary issues. I see the church in America decreasing at an alarming rate. We've got people walking, uh, walking away. And we look at our world situation today, and I know many of you are praying for the peace of Jerusalem. We talked about that. And we look at this situation, and many people are wringing their hands, whereas we should be looking to the skies. And uh, knowing, okay, Jesus, you're going to come back. Uh, we want to walk in obedience with you, whether this is a picture of those last days or not. We ought to be looking to the skies. And because of this anemic state 
and the world's not only in the world, but I see it specifically in the West, in the United States. Uh, we live in a day where no longer are people asking, what must I do to be saved? Because they are not seeing a difference, a life vitality in the lives of believers. And we talked about this before. That comes from the Holy Spirit. I wonder... If the Apostle Paul were to write a letter to the church in America, what would he say today? I, I don't know. He may say, like the church in Ephesus, you're doing good deeds, uh, but you've departed from your first love. Or he may say some things that are very positive. I, I don't know, but I, I wonder sometimes as I see this. But... We, we look in Acts chapter 19, so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 19 with me. And we're going to begin with verse 1, and we're going to go through verse 7. I want to just unpack some things and then help you to prepare for uh, uh, the Lord's table. Here's what it says. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. This can be a, a difficult passage, but I want to put it down there where we can grab it today. Um, it says that these were disciples. Now, the word disciple means learner or follower, okay? So most commentators would agree that these 12 men were not disciples of Jesus, but were disciples of John the Baptist. And they had followed John the Baptist. We know that he had disciples. We know that people followed him. Two of them, he said, go follow Jesus. And he had other disciples. So most people would believe these are disciples of John the Baptist. Why did John the Baptist came? He came to prepare the way for Jesus. His message was, you need to repent, repent of your sins, and believe in the one who is to come. And then uh, he, he gave a display, which was baptism. Now, John the Baptist was probably an Essene of, you know, of Pharisees, Sadducees. And he was an Essene. Which, uh, if you go to Israel today, you go and look at where Qumran, especially where the Essenes were, 
They, man, they loved water rituals. They loved baptism. And John picked up on that, and he said, repent, believe in the one who is to come, and be baptized. And so this is preparing the way for Jesus to come. I, I wonder this question. I wonder how Paul knew they weren't true followers of Jesus. I just wonder. Uh, was it maybe they were more legalistic? Uh, maybe there was no grace in their message. Maybe they were not um, uh, displaying the love of Christ. Maybe the fruit of the Spirit wasn't evident. Maybe there was no power in their spiritual life. They just uh, had an incomplete message. And uh, I look at the condition of the church today. I, I know sometimes I may sound pessimistic. Listen, uh, God has moved my heart to give warnings today. I think we're in a day where we, the bride of Christ needs to awaken and we need warnings. And I wonder if, uh, if we were looked at today, are we religious ritual people? Have we received the baptism of John? Or are we walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit? I look at my own life, and I think, God, is this it? I, I pray, God, I'll be a raving lunatic. I will babble. I will do everything if that was what it means to be filled with your Holy Spirit. Needless to say, uh, many people think I'm a lunatic, but I'm not babbling. Um, uh, and, and I look at the church today. We have lively music. We have close community. We have good programs and ministries. But can we really say that we're walking under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Um, Thomas Aquinas once called on Pope Innocent II. When the latter was counting a large sum of money. He, he showed his riches to uh, uh, Thomas Aquinas. And the Pope said this. He said, you see, Thomas, the church can no longer say silver and gold have I not. True, said Thomas, but no longer can we say arise and walk. And I wonder sometimes if we're giving a good outward show, but the world looks at us and they don't see the joy and the whimsomeness and the love of the Father that ought to indwell us through the Holy Spirit. And notice what uh, the scriptures say. It said, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And, and they said this, Verse 2, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, the original language I, I'm going to share with you, not that I'm a scholar, but it makes sense when you look at the original language. Uh, literally, it means this. Because John did talk about the Holy Spirit. He says, one is coming. I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. 
but he is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And so he did teach about the Holy Spirit. So why are these guys so confused? But the uh, literal translation is, no, we have not even heard that the Holy Spirit has been given. In other words, they had not heard about Pentecost. They had not heard about uh, Jesus ascending and the Holy Spirit coming. That's literally what it means. We have not even heard of the Holy Spirit coming. And so what Paul does is he teaches them the other half of the gospel, so to speak, is that Christ came, he died, he rose, he sent his Holy Spirit to indwell his followers. And so he's sharing this truth with them, and now they're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. He lays hands on them. They receive uh, the Holy Spirit, and we see incredible things happen. Um, so how do we, and this is where we're going to, it's very practical to prepare our hearts for the Lord's faith. How do we walk under the influence of the Holy Spirit? And not just walk in what we say is right or uh, we do religious ritual, but we walk under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Number one, write this down. Believe. Believe. Uh, John the Baptist was not wrong in what he taught. It was just incomplete. He taught uh, what he was to teach in the preparation of Jesus' coming. So what John the Baptist preaches is preparation for the born-again experience. What did he say? Repent. Believe in the one who's to come. Believe. And so I'm telling you today, you will not walk under the influence of the Holy Spirit if you do not believe. And part of that believing is you're willing to turn from uh, your sin, turn from the world, turn to towards the one who did come, Jesus. Okay? So if you're going to walk under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you need to come to that point of believing that God did send uh, his Holy Spirit, and I repent of that. Brett talked last week about indwelling spirit, and Romans chapter 8 says anyone who is born again basically has not received the Holy Spirit. You must re receive the Holy Spirit uh, to even be saved. But how do you receive? You repent and you turn, and you believe. So, belief is number one. Number two is this. Yield. Yield your life. Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about, I plead with you by the mercies of God, Paul is speaking, uh, to present yourselves as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, because this is your spiritual form of worship. And then he goes on to say, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed to the re renewing of your mind. So, yielding. I, I want you to know that I personally believe, as I read the scriptures, you're as filled as you want to yield. 
If you're not willing to yield, he, he can't fill you. You have the Holy Spirit. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. But if you're not willing to yield, he can't fill. And so, number two is yield. Believe, yield. Number three is obey. Obey. Acts 5.32 says this. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. Has given to those who obey Him. You want to walk under the influence? Walk in obedience to what God is asking of you right now. And some of you say, Mark, I've blown it, man. I know the Lord has asked things of me, and I've just blown it. Repent. Yield. Obey. Go back. You know, uh, obey what he has asked of you. So, believe, yield, obey, and then one more. Ask. Mark, what does it say about asking? We, we believe, we ask in, in Jesus to be our Savior. We commit ourselves to him, we repent. But what do you get about asking for the Holy Spirit? In Luke chapter 11, uh, it's Luke's picture of the Sermon on the Mount. And it comes to the uh, part where Jesus is teaching on prayer. And Luke says this, he said, Would you be a son? Ask for bread, we give him a stone, or he asked for fish, we give him a serpent. If you be evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now, okay, Mark, make this make sense to me. We receive the Holy Spirit uh, when we come, when we repent, when we commit our life to Christ, we yield our life to Him, we walk in obedience, and, and we come to the point of saying, Father, just fill me, fill me to overflow by the Holy Spirit. Um, my thoughts are this, and I, I want to bring this home. In a day when the world is turning its back on the church, we need Christ followers who are the real deal. I don't mean legalistic people. I don't mean uh, uh, just speaking out against things. We, we do that, but uh, we need the love of God to compel us as it says in 2 Corinthians 5, he compels us. His love compels us. When was the last time we really lived that life? Lord, your love compels me to love on my neighbors, to love on uh, those that are my enemies, love my spouse, love my kids. God, your love compels me. And in a day when the uh, world is turning back, we need the real deal. Uh, here's another thought. We need to be true ambassadors of our king. Uh, an ambassador is one who is in a foreign country but represents his home country. 
and we are not from here. I, I know if we, uh, where you're from, I was born in Waco, I grew up in Waco, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the truth is, I'm not from here. I, I, I've been transplanted here, I've got this earth suit that God has given me, but I am called to be his ambassador here. And I want to represent him well. Here's a third thought. Our world needs to see the love of Christ on full display. On full display. I mean, we ought to be different than the world. I think the world looks at us and it sees, okay, he doesn't do certain things that I do. I'm here and he's here. But as the world dips, we have a tendency to dip. And we are called to be holy and different. I want to ask the worship team to come join me as we get ready to, for the Lord's Supper. But here's where we're going over the next couple of minutes. And I want you to, I want you to stick with me. It's interesting that Paul laid his hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. We know that when Paul had his Damascus Road experience, that uh, God called a man by the name of Ananias to come lay hands on Paul. Uh, I, I bet he wanted to lay hands around his neck because of what Paul was doing. But he came and Ananias was afraid, but he went and he uh, imparted the ladies on him, and uh, the scales fell from his eye. Is it automatically that we lay hands on and impart the Holy Spirit? The, the, no, because the scriptures talk about other ways for people to walk in the fullness that doesn't. Uh, include the laying on of hands or imparting. However, I love that dads, when they bless their children, when they do a physical touch, I, I love it that uh, I, I want to, when I pray over a couple that's getting married, I'm going to lay a hand on them to just impart a blessing.